It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. One more economic one. Are you concerned about the strength of the dollar right now? I'm not concerned about the strength of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Our economy is strong as the internal. Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. That's worldwide inflation. That's consequential. All right. So that was President Joe Biden. He was eating an ice cream cone when he was asked about the economy, the strength of the dollar. And he says the economy is strong as the word that starts with H. He talks about inflation, but he says it's global. It's global. It's better here than it is other places. You know, nothing to see here. Move on. The economy is strong as H. All right, so I just want to sort of correct the record here officially because this is an article by Steve Moore. You know, Steve's – I go back a long way with Steve. He's a Chicagoan, but he wrote this article uh, in the New York Post, and this is kind of what he points out with some numbers. Uh, the average American is losing $34,000 and everything else on Biden's watch. We've had seven straight months of eight percent plus inflation. A year ago, we were assured by the White House economic wizards that these rapid price increases in everything from groceries to rental cars to gasoline at the pump to health insurance were merely transitory. The most immediate sticker shock from Biden inflation has been to shrink real take-home pay of workers. We've calculated that over the past 20 months, this rise in consumer prices over wages means that the average family in America has lost nearly $6,000 in purchasing power. Um, But this pay cut effect on family incomes is only part of the curse of runaway inflation. We've just completed an analysis of how the highest inflation rate in almost 40 years has impacted the retirement fund's of ordinary Americans. And I'm going to give you a few more of these numbers because uh, this article, again, is the New York Post. And uh, Adam, let's post this on our Getter page because I think people should see this and share it. It affects everyone, really. This is this is not a certain group. This is all of us. Retirement savings, you may not all be vesting in that, but a lot of you are young and old. So um, monthly savings, that means just in general, has fallen 83%. And I read somewhere uh, the affirmation of what I speculated to you several weeks ago, that people are using their credit cards, their credit cards like crazy, to buy gasoline, to to do things, uh, because where else are they getting that money? And that's, that boy, there will be, uh, using the word H, there'll be hell to pay for that. That will be horrible when that all hits. Um, there will be disaster, but I that that's not what Steve's writing about. Let me go back to this. 
Savings down 83%. And uh, Steve says, how could Biden say with a straight face that Americans are saving more? But he says it. Uh, Okay, so he says, even what has been already saved and invested by older Americans over the past years and even over several decades has been erased from these accounts, and that's the thief of inflation. Most of the 150 million Americans with one form or another retirement savings have invested the majority of those tens of thousands of dollars in stocks. And, of course, um, the doc, you know I don't need to tell you how much the stock market has gone down. These negative returns don't even take account of inflation. Doing so adds roughly another 13% or so to the stock losses. Inflation also hurts bonds. Um, tie it all together. And we calculate that since the start of this year, 401k plans have suffered $2.1 trillion in losses. Uh, that means like the average 401k plan of $135,000 at the start of this year has shrunk to about $101,000. That's down $34,000. That's 25%. And for those of you who have pensions, more traditional pension funds are getting flattened by inflation. At the beginning of this year, pensions in the U.S. had $27.8 trillion in assets, and now it's under $24 trillion a drop of about 15%, which wiped out the last two years' worth of gains. All right, so what did, what did Biden say over his ice cream? Uh, the, the economy is strong as H. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. Well, he's going to get some numbers that he's not going to like. Uh, there is a poll that was taken from October 9th to the 12th. This is a Fox poll. Just one-third of Americans, that's 33%, would vote for Joe Biden in a 2024 election were it held today. Just 33%. Actually, that doesn't really surprise me. I feel like the numbers they've been reporting about his, uh, the people that's still supporting him must must have been inflated. I can't imagine with what we're seeing and every people are struggling, it doesn't take a rocket science. It includes everyone, except I would say this. Bruce and I, in flying to Tupelo, uh, we were uh, in two different airports, and the airports were jammed with travelers. And I observed, because, you know, I observed, that people didn't look like they were moneyed. They looked like just plain folk traveling. Um, not necessarily so well-dressed, actually. Maybe that's on purpose because people are sloppy these days. But, you know, uh, packed. The airport packed. The lines long, packed. The planes packed. What's happening I thought we were going through like a horrible time where people couldn't afford things. Well, what's happening is I said to Bruce, the checks went out. You know, I can't prove this. But I'm just telling you, the new, the latest COVID checks went out. And I, it seems to me that's how people are spending them. But that's speculation on my part. But for most people, this is not a good time financially. The Biden administration, oh, this, I just, I think this is probably one of the most egregious, horrific abuses of Biden's power. And I've mentioned it before, but I will now people are reporting on it. Biden administration is to release millions more barrels from the oil reserve. They're going to release another 10 to 15 million barrels of oil from the nation's emergency stockpile. Um, and the release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve would be the latest portion of a 180 million barrel program that started earlier this year. And why is he doing it? Well, he's doing it to lower gas prices. That's why the gas prices at the pump are lower, because he is robbing 
our reserves, which are there in case of a war, in case of a disaster, those reserves are there for that purpose. And if you have a family like Nest or a, a month's pay saved up or whatever, you understand that. So that when the disaster occurs or a war occurs, we have reserves. We cannot fight a war without petroleum, without the reserves. He's giving them away, or not giving them away. He did actually sell them uh, to other countries. I don't know what he's going to do with this, but he's taking those reserves to bring down prices before an election. That is probably, to me, and there's so many choices, one of the breaches of his trust as commander-in-chief of his people to betraying us in every way, leaving us vulnerable for a temporary loss, a win in, in the polls. It's not working. We can see that. But here's another one. Uh, this is, this is, excuse me, this is from Daily Caller. U.S. companies reel after new export rules make waves in China. Well, that doesn't really tell you what this is about. So I kind of had to read a little bit to understand It turns out that U.S. technology companies who are working on the chips, chips for cars, chips for appliances, chips for cars, chips for cars, chips for cars, those American manufacturers who have places in China who have been trying to work with the Chinese on getting chips here so that we can produce new cars and other things, appliances, have been restricted, oh, not by the Chinese, because I thought that at first, I thought the Chinese must be doing this, but no, uh, but no, this is a Biden initiative. Uh, it was uh, they imposed new restrictions in October on semiconductor-related trade, targeted at preventing China from accessing advanced t- technology that could give a boost to the to his military. You know what? I don't believe that for a second. It seems to me like with my mind the way it works that this is just another way of stopping car manufacturing and stopping completely the ability for you to get a gasoline-powered car forever. Because if they have chips, you know, the, the car manufacturers have a lot of cars ready to go. They just don't have chips. But the Biden administration, October, just in October, has stopped uh, the our manufacturers or our, our businessmen who deal over there at this. They, now there are more barriers so that they can't get them. And they say, I can't, didn't read enough of it to explain this part, but they're getting out of China. These, these people, our, our, our people, our business people are getting out of China. It's, uh, yeah, well, we have an election coming up, and I'm going to dwell on that a lot. Uh, I'm trying to dwell on it every single day because I want to get you ready, and I want us to do something about this. Don't you want to do something about this? All of it, all of it. And so that takes me to, um, uh, you remember that Raphael Warnock and uh, Herschel Walker, and they're in a tight race for Senate. The Senate is crucial for conservatives to take back. Raphael is a leftist. He says he's a pastor, so this is interesting. Uh, you know, they debated on Friday night. And uh, the thing that amazed me is, um, well, let me just do this part first. Raphael Warnock, uh, his church, Ebenezer Baptist in Atlanta, uh, has uh, some properties. They own 99% of these properties, and they've been evicting people left and right. Um, and I can't go into all the details, or I will run out of time here, uh, but he denied that in the debate. And so um, Herschel Walker was on with uh, Sean Hannity, I think, last night. I thought Herschel wasn't supposed to be able to speak clearly. I, I was pretty amazed. I, I thought it was seven minutes, and I thought he I, he kind of laid out kind of lots of things, and I thought you might enjoy hearing what Herschel Walker actually sounds like when he's allowed to talk. This is clip 18. Let's listen. Georgia is my family. 
And right now I see a guy pretending to be a senator, and I hope everyone watched the debate because he uh, came to the debate, I think, unprepared. And I think he got exposed, and uh, now people see the differences between he and I that I can uh, start uh, being a senator on day one where he's still behind two years. And because those two years, we have high inflation, we have this border wide open, we have problems that's happening and they continue to try to separate, but I'm here to tell him that it's time for him to go. Right now we have high taxes and then for them to hire 87,000 RS agents, those agents are gonna come after everyone here. Anyone making less than $200,000, they're coming after you. Instead of having uh, border agents, and you know, he, we didn't even get into that in the debate. He voted against 18,000 border agents. You know, that was it was in the bill. He voted voted against that, and you know, that's a lot of things that he's pretending that he did for Georgia. He didn't, and uh, that's why I wanted him to be exposed. And I think right now things are starting to come up. You know, you mentioned that at the camp. You didn't mention that he did a settlement, a cash settlement, so those kids couldn't talk. So they couldn't talk about the abuse that happened at that camp. But this race ain't about what he done in his personal life. Like they can bring up my personal life as much as they want. It's about what he's doing to the people of Georgia. And I said, that is time for it to stop right now. You know, they can continue to try to bring up whatever. I've been very transparent because I'm very open. Because right now the people need to know the truth. The truth is I had problems years ago, but I've been very transparent and I came forward. Right now, he's sealed his divorce papers. He's hiding behind any court papers, not just so the kids can't talk. And I want to say, if you're going to be a senator and be honest, that's the reason I told him, do not bear false witness. Don't pretend that you know the Bible and you say little scriptures because uh, I said, don't use the Bible as convenience. And then he made a statement also uh, brought Dr. King's name in it, which I thought was totally wrong. Dr. King has nothing to do with what he's doing at that church. And I thought that was totally insulting for him to do that. I thought Herschel Walker couldn't talk. Gosh, I must have been wrong about that. Listen, that was a great exchange with Sean Hannity. We'll put the entire thing on our Getter page because I think you'd find it interesting. I mentioned these church evictions by Raphael Warnock. He denied them in the debate, uh, but it's, it's, he's lying. The Free Beacon has proof of this. It's a long article. They've interviewed people. And in fact, since the, uh, since the debate, they've evicted three more. And it's pretty draconian. They'll draw, lock down the door and people don't have to be, maybe they can just owe $125 and they're being kicked out. And Raphael Warnock is this, the CEO of that little action. Okay, so that's Georgia. All right, we're going to talk about elections when we return. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. Sometimes you see a win, a glimpse of God in this broken world. Preborn rejoices in the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Preborn's mission is to love and help women in unplanned pregnancies by offering them the truth to help them make the right choice by providing free ultrasounds. You see, when an expectant mom hears her baby's heartbeat and sees the image of her baby on ultrasound, she's seeing a life created in God's image, and it's a divine connection. And I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry. And it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. To learn more about Preborn's life-saving work, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. 
The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Nicole Ravive is the official singer of the national anthem for the New York Islanders. The other day, she had taken up her appointed spot on the ice and began singing the Star-Spangled Banner. But by the time she got to the dawn's early light, something magical happened. The entire arena erupted in song. Nicole lowered her microphone and led the giant choir of hockey fans from Brooklyn and Massapequa through the rocket's red glare and bombs bursting in air, writing on Twitter that her heart was full commending the best backup singers in the National Hockey League. For the past year, we've been told by the media and the Democrats that we are a divided nation, that we should be ashamed of our heritage, who we are. But the other night, Nicole Revive and the New York Islanders reminded us that no matter our skin color or how much money we have in the bank, we are still Americans, one nation under God. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. What happened in 2020? You called the 2020 election corrupt, stolen, rotten, and rigged. And there was no evidence of any of that presented in a court of law or anywhere else, that any of those things are true. So why do you keep saying that? Well, there's plenty of evidence. We had 740,000 ballots with no chain of custody. Those ballots shouldn't have been counted. We had election Where is the evidence of that? Dana, there's plenty of evidence. You can find it. I can, I can, I'm happy to send it to your team. The problem is the media won't cover it. And they're, We've covered really this extensively, and, and what you just said has been debunked. Only one side of it, Dana. The real issue, Dana, is that the people don't trust our elections. They haven't since 2000. I'm a reporter. I've been sitting on your side of the desk for a long time. And since 2000, we have Americans who don't trust our elections. In 2000, in 2004, they didn't trust the elections. In 2016, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, and Hillary Clinton, everybody on the Democrat side said the election had problems. Ms. Lake, there definitely has been some of that, but I want to say in 2000, Al Gore conceded. In 2004, John Kerry conceded. In 2016, Hillary Clinton conceded, and we didn't see that 
in 2020. That's the difference. And so the question is, are you undermining faith in elections by saying that the 2020 election was stolen when there's absolutely no evidence to support that? Dana? In 2018, Stacey Abrams never conceded she still hasn't. I don't hear CNN calling her an election denier. We have the right, and it's protected with our First Amendment, to question our government and to question elections. No question We about still that. have the First Amendment. Yep. We still have the First Amendment. And when you start seeing the media cancel people for questioning their government, then that's when we have a problem. All right, so we played that yesterday. That was Dana Bash and uh, Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona. Go, Carrie. Uh, I just thought that was a great exchange. Again, we put that on our getter page yesterday. We should put it back uh, because you should see the whole thing. I think uh, this is so key because the the J6 committee, are, are the guys in the D.C. gulag, all of them, are you know, they're asked to recant uh, in order to get out or a lighter sentence or not be punished as much by the guards. Uh, they have to recant that they believe there was a fraud in the 2020 election. We see people losing their jobs. If you're in D.C., it's a radical thing. Jenny Thomas, before the J6 committee just a couple of weeks ago, uh, confirmed her belief that there was a problem with the 2020 election, and the press went apoplectic. Uh, so, you know, um, and I, I've played the hypocritical montages for you of uh, 2016, and before that, Democrats railing, you know, uh, suggesting other electors for, you know, other candidates uh, at much the same as happened uh, during the Trump uh, election. So it's all it's uh, all smoke and mirrors. It's all uh, it's and Dana's doing her part and Carrie's doing a great job of defending. Uh, I, before I introduce our next guest, because uh, uh, elections are coming up so quickly and there is so much at stake. And while it's true that Republicans are gaining ground, it's very true. Uh, it is still so close in most places. That is when the best cheating happens, the best uh, malfeasance, the best, uh, you know, plans work when it's close. When it's not close, it's harder uh, to deceive. And I just want to give you three examples of something that happened in the last few weeks in Arizona. Speaking of um, Carrie Lake, an Arizona Democrat, it's a uh, uh, Guillermina Fuentes, she's a 66-year-old uh, school board member, former mayor of the border town of San Luis. Uh, she turned herself in on Thursday in Yuma County Jail because she has been sentenced for bail- or j- ballot harvesting. She illegally collected early ballots from individuals who were not her family members using her position uh, in the community to you know, get them to trust her. So she's going to jail. That happened in Arizona. That's just one case. And then we have in Colorado, we're learning, of course, our friend Tina Peters has been on with us, but the Colorado Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, uh, has, um, well, they just accidentally sent a bunch of ballots to illegal immigrants. And they said, it was an accident, said uh, Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. 30,000 bogus voter registration requests to non-citizens. It was just an accident. Uh, and by the way, Colorado was only a, a, one of only one of 17 states that hand a driver's license to non-citizens. That's part of the problem, a great, great avenue for voter fraud. And last but not least, this is a story I actually never got to with you. I'll tell you very quickly. Uh, we know now that there is poll chief election software used in Los Angeles, in Wayne County, I'm not, oh, Georgia, DeKalb County, Georgia, and Fairfax County, Virginia. And we know now it was operated by a Chinese man named Eugene Yu, 
Uh, He's been arrested with extradition to Los Angeles after receiving tons of money from Michigan. And um, as I recall, direct links to the governor there, he was paid uh, $2,645,000 by the Los Angeles County uh, for his contract. Uh, It's Koenig is the name of the contract. The software is Pole Chief. And uh, the story is that he sold... Uh, and embezzled more than $100,000 and stored thousands of Los Angeles County election workers' personal information on the server based in China. But there's nothing to see, ask Danabash, nothing to see. Well, since uh, this has been, since this happened, tons of people have been come together and formed what's called the Election Integrity Network, and many of them are my friends. You've heard me interview them, Kalina Mitchell, Ken Blackwell, and many others uh, around the country, Jenny Beth Martin, uh, who have come together, and many, many other people that I didn't have time to mention, uh, come together to tr- to do something about this. So the question is, what what have they done? How far along are we on like being watchmen on the wall against some kind of election malfeasance in the upcoming midterms? And I couldn't think of anyone better to discuss this than Ned Jones. Uh, Ned is with the Conservative Partner Institute that's uh, based in D.C. It's a uh, uh, for, uh, a former senator, gosh, I just went blank from South Carolina. Good friend. Um, anyway, it was it's his. Ned can help me. Uh, Ned is the deputy director of the election election integrity network, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Ned. Help me. Who's our senator? Hi. Good, good morning, Sandy. Yeah, Jim Dement formed uh, the Conservative Partnership Institute five years ago. Actually, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary, yeah. uh, and. Uh, He's the one that formed it. The Election Integrity Network was started by Cleta Mitchell in 2021 after um, the cancel culture caught up with her. And she lost her partnership at her law firm because of the famous phone call with President Trump and Raffensperger in in Georgia. She was on that call. So we all know the history since then. Yes, and I I have talked about this, but I will repeat. Cleta is a partner in a law firm in D.C., very successful, highly respected attorney in D.C. for decades, really. And they forced her out. And so they they will be sorry they did that because she's been a powerhouse. Uh, She's a smart lady, smart, smart, had tons of integrity. And speaking of election integrity (laughs) network, that's what she's been doing. So, Ned, uh, give us an idea now of the kinds of things that you guys have been doing. Okay, well, what we did, excuse me, I'm, I um, was deeply involved in the election in Virginia last year. I live right outside of Richmond, Virginia. And uh, Cleta and the Election Integrity Network got very involved with the Virginia Fair Elections Coalition, which was a gathering of election integrity groups um, to really start getting involved in the elections here in Virginia. You know, um, we have uh, conservatives have left the running of our elections, the process we call it, up to others. And we all found out in 2020 what those others could do with a system that they essentially created. And uh, you've highlighted some of the problems that we're still having. We all know what the problems were in 2020, no matter what the media wants to say. So Cleta, when she uh, was lost that position, she was then able to formulate an integrity network and spend all of her time on election integrity. And so what we did, I, I actually joined them in January of this year. And we started um, statewide election integrity summits around the country. And we targeted eight states, and we had the eight summits. And now those states have statewide coalitions, much like uh, started in Virginia last year, for election integrity and uh, covering all aspects of it. 
And the framework for that is is a booklet, actually, that Cleta wrote called The Citizen's Guide to Building an Election Integrity Infrastructure. And it covers seven areas of concern um, that we have to get involved in to fix our elections. And when we do that, we're going to take our country back. Okay, let me just let me just quickly, yeah, go ahead. Go, let me jump in. Anytime, oh, well, because because we because we have people listening all over. Are the ta- the states that you've targeted are? Can I say this? Georgia? I I, mean, I I don't well because I don't I, you know I want to make sure that I don't. If you guys are working on something that um you don't want um our our enemies to know about, I you'd have to step in and no, stop. No, we me, okay? here, here's how we look at it. We want everybody involved. This is about fair and honest elections. It's not a partisan issue. When you look at polling on things like voter ID and some of the things that are going on, people that think there was a problem in 2020, the numbers are really high. So we say this, we want everybody involved in election integrity because it is to us a nonpartisan issue. And that's why everything we do is public. Um, we have nothing to hide. The only thing we're, we're leery of is the media because w- there's a weekly hit piece, if you notice, and they go after Cleta a lot. They go after our organization. But we know that's because we are effective. We are having an impact on the process of our elections. And like they said in Virginia, when we showed up as poll workers and poll watchers and we're asking questions of the registrars who run the elections, they said, what are you doing here? You've never been here before. You know, the conservatives <laughs> haven't been involved. It's only been the League of Women Vultures and other organizations that have been involved. And we said, we're here to find out what's going on. And we want to fix things. We want to help fix things. We're here to help you fix the election and then restore trust, really, in the electorate. That's the yeah. key. Well, to I'm with you. With trust. I'm with you. Listen, Americans everywhere who love their country. By the way, the polls are yep. showing that. In fact, I have a, a stat on swing voters. Hang on a second. Um, independent voters. They in September they were giving the Democrats a three point edge. And now they say they favor the GOP by a 10-point margin. Now, that sounds like I'm saying something partisan, but I'm not really. I'm just saying right, that I, I think understand. people people who love the country are beginning to see that the, the, the Democrats are messing with our system. Even th- while they're crying that we, the MAGA people, and I'm a MAGA person, are trying to destroy uh, um, democracy, which is ridiculous. But they keep saying it, it, and people believe it. Oh, yeah, they're trying to destroy democracy. They're the ones. And uh, even the independents are figuring that out, and that's why they've moved, they've swung by uh, to 10%. Now, I want to talk about right. the eight target states. Just briefly, let me list these, and okay. let, then I'm going to turn it back to you, Ned. Uh, okay. there, it's Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Michigan, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. That's where you've been targeting. But you're doing yeah. other states now, right? Yeah. Kind of. Now, what's happened is those were our summit states where we had an in-person uh, Friday and Saturday summit. It was really a training summit, and now they've formed their coalitions, and we're helping to support the coalitions. The other states, <clears throat> excuse me, that are starting to build are Minnesota, Nevada, Illinois, Colorado, Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, and New Mexico. Now, here's what happened. You just mentioned three things that are so critical because they're in the news right now, not in the mainstream media, but we know it happened. Arizona harvesting. Our coalition in Arizona was on that. They were aware of that problem in Arizona. Colorado, 30,000 non-citizens received a card that told them how to register to vote. The coalition in Colorado was all over that as soon as that word broke, a FOIA request to the Secretary of State exposing what had happened. And then you mentioned Koenig, which is not in the news. It's the biggest election uh, problem story in a long time. And some people say it may be the largest data breach to China ever. 
What this conic was doing is storing all of the poll worker information for many, many, many counties in the states in China on servers in China. And you know what happens to information when it's on a server in China. That's why he was arrested in L.A. That's why Fairfax County, Virginia, canceled their contract. Loudoun and Prince William, our other two largest counties, will probably do the same. Amazingly, though, in DeKalb County, Georgia, they didn't cancel the contract knowing what was going on. So it's a huge story that no one's reporting. The reason I mention it is because our groups were all over that. As soon as that story broke, the people in Fairfax have been involved in in the problems with Connex since August. And so the network that we've created is very effective in dealing with issues as they come. And that was the that was the goal of what we, we wanted to accomplish. You know what, let's jump right to this, because um, the point is, look, this is great information, but also we have millions of people listening who probably would want to do something. I talk to them every morning. My opening to the show is always say something, do something, and they are active. So it, it's not too late. And what, how, what could they do, Ned? What can they do to help? All right, here's, here's what we need. We need uh, poll workers and poll watchers in every state. We called it eyes on every ballot in Virginia with an army of poll workers and poll watchers. You know, the Dems are stressing vote by mail. It's unsupervised. It's unstructured. And as Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter said this in 2005 from the Carter Baker Commission, which was investigating our elections after Bush v. Gore, he said the easiest way for voter fraud to happen is in vote by mail. And that's Jimmy Carter. So we've known for a long time that is not secure. That's why we need poll workers and poll watchers. It's very easy to sign up if you go to our website, who'scounting.us. Our landing page now is a link to the Democrat sign-up and the Republican sign-up for poll workers and poll watchers, and you'll get that information right away. Okay, hang on a second. Hang hang on, hold on. Whoscounting.us. It's W-H-O-S. No apostrophe. W-H-O counting dot U-S. Whoscounting dot U-S. Right. W-H-O-S counting dot U-S. Yeah, I actually did this in your when you were gone. I when you weren't with me, I think I did it yesterday, or maybe last week. And so we're giving it to you again. We'll put it on our Getter page because that's the link that takes you other places too, right? So you can sign up to be poll yeah, workers. Yeah, there's a lot else. going. There's a lot going on there. We put on a master class of an election in election integrity with 17 short training videos that we've all recorded. Cleta, our training um, director, Carrie Colazzo, and myself. And it goes through all the aspects of election integrity that we think are important and that we should be involved in as active citizens and conservatives. And so that's on the same website. And then we have three national training meetings every week. On Monday, last night, um, is our Vulnerable Voters Training Meeting, which is with Carrie. And there we talk about our most vulnerable voters, nursing home residents, group home residents, the military and how they were taken advantage of in 2020. We've all seen the videos and how we can put a plan in place to hopefully protect them in 2022. And then on Tuesday night, we do the Citizens Research Project. That's something that I'm running. Um, and there's links for all of those that I can send out to people. Well, and, and let me Thursday say what that night, is. Well, hang on a second. That's where you're looking like the, we know that the Zuckerberg, Zuckbucks, as they call it, Zuckerberg money came in from outside. And there are other organizations, too, flooding into states uh, to to mess with the vote. I'll just put it that way. And that's a watch. You're watching 
uh, for people are watching to see that that doesn't happen in reporting it, right? Is that the, the nut of that? Yes, that's that's exactly right. What I found in 2021 in Virginia, there were about a dozen nonprofit left-wing organizations that essentially were running our elections. They were involved at the local level, the state level, the uh, federal level, in the Department of Homeland Security, the Election Assistance Commission. They're everywhere. They're all funded through this left-wing network of funding through the, well, it starts with the Soros money, and um, that's who we're monitoring, and that's who we're trying to expose and, uh, and, 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 and mitigate the effect they're having on our elections. But really, they do everything from top to bottom. They send out ballot applications. They design, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> election materials. They track ballots. They do phony audits. They provide equipment and training. It's amazing how entrenched they are in our system. And that's what we're trying to expose with our Citizens Research Project. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm going to stop you again. Hang on a second. Can you stay with me a little longer? Can you stay with me a little longer? Okay, because this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to throw the, I'm going to, I got to give Adam some warning here. Uh, Adam, if we could grab someone to do phones, because I think probably it would be really good to open the phone lines and let people actually tell you what they're seeing, where they are, and ask questions, have a chance to interact with you. Um, and again, Adam, poor Adam's scrambling right now, and I apologize to you, Adam, because he's by himself this morning. Uh, the phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And while he scrambles, then tell us what happens on Thursday night. <laughs> okay, so Thursday night, we started the USPS National Working Group. The post office has become our largest precinct, as I say, because they handle more ballots these mail-in, unsupervised, unprotected ballots than any other precinct in the country. So we've started a group that's monitoring the post office and their election system really for the first time. There's been no citizen oversight in the past. And we're finding out some, excuse me, incredible vulnerabilities within their system. And we're not seeing anything untoward is happening, but the, the things in their system that are vulnerable uh, are very concerning. And so we're writing to management. We're trying to get tours of fo- postal facilities. We're trying to get more information about their system to alleviate the concerns that we have. And it's a group of about 130 people now from about 30 states that are involved in this effort. All right. And so what we're saying now, eyes on every envelope is as important as eyes on every ballot. Okay, so Ned, um, people are listening. So, can they join this effort? Is this you already have a group and you don't? Absolutely. You don't, can't you? All right. No, how no, would no, they this do? This is open to everybody. How can they do well, that? I have, li- I have links that I send out just before the meetings. We did um, the link for tonight's meeting yesterday, and we'll do the USPS tomorrow. But, um, the but how can the way to get a hold of me is my email? And okay, I'll just send them the link. Okay, so it's can I give simple. that? N Jones, N J O N E S. At cpi.org. All right, in Jones at cpi.org. That's Ned. In Jones at cpi, Conservative Partner Institute, uh, dot org. Yeah. And you can write Ned if you're interested in joining one of these. Uh, he he will uh, he will link you up. And so, but we're going to take a break. I thought you uh, many of you might be seeing things in your area that you want to tell us about. You might have a question about your own state, what's happening there in regard to the voting system. And Ned would be a great person to talk to. We're trying to do everything we can to make sure that this election is uh, free and clear, that everyone who's an American citizen has a chance to vote, that their vote is counted, and not twice or three times. 
and uh, that they're not dead, uh, that they're actually still alive. All right, so uh, our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. America's survival is at a crossroads. How much worse will it get if liberals keep control of both chambers of Congress? We have to vote in the upcoming midterm elections, but only about 50% of Christians in America are registered to vote, and only 50% of those actually follow through. Will you take a minute to sign the pledge to vote your values and convictions in November? Pledge to vote wisely, to let others know about the pledge, and to pray for America. Sign the pledge to vote at afa.net. What would you do? On Sadie, I appreciate your thought behind the gift card, but I just can't take it. I promise not to shop at Target because they allow men in areas that need to be private and protected for women and children. I hope you'll go to afa.net slash Target and learn about it. I'm not giving them my money. Aunt Sadie didn't know about AFA's call to boycott Target, but she knows now, and so do you. Learn even more at afa.net slash Target. afa.net slash Target. But evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Dr. Joe Ladapo, Florida Surgeon General, shared empirical data that his office compiled that indicated an 84% increase in cardiac-related deaths among 18 to 39-year-old men who took the mRNA Schmovid injections via Twitter. Initially, Twitter blocked the post, citing it as Schmovid misinformation. Dr. Ladapo didn't share his opinion. He shared data. After being called on their Gestapo-like censorship, Twitter restored Dr. Ladapo's post. How many people would have signed up for the shots if they were told younger men would face an 84% increased risk of cardiac-related death thereafter? This is criminal. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Afnick with the Secure Freedom Minute. In Beijing on Sunday, the man expected to become China's first communist emperor is promising to defeat hegemony and acquire Taiwan. Translation? Xi Jinping is signaling he's poised to wage violent warfare against our country and one of its most important Pacific partners. An alarming National Pulse article yesterday suggests how unready we are for such a conflict. Evidently, many American homes now have Chinese intelligence collection systems installed in their televisions, wireless security cameras, and various other so-called smart devices. 
Incredibly, U.S. military commissaries are among the vendors for such CCP spy gear, and our armed forces themselves rely on some Chinese suppliers. Clearly, these and other perilous vulnerabilities require a strategic course correction necessary to defeat Emperor Xi. Take action by signing the CCP challenge at ccpatwar.com and insist that those seeking your vote this November do the same. This is Frank Afney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. We don't have as much time as I'd like. Ned Jones is our guest, and we're talking about election integrity. Their theme here is eyes on every ballot. That's what they did in Virginia. Uh, They made sure they knew what those absentee ballots were, which ones came back. They had eyes on every ballot. That's how they had a fair election in Virginia. And that's what they're transporting now to to, to all of us for this midterm election. So with that in mind, I want to give you, once again, this website. It's whoscounting.us, W-H-O-S, counting, no apostrophe, whoscounting.us, to figure out how to sign up to be a poll worker and all the other information, training videos. And then the second thing is, uh, if you want to join one of these uh, particular efforts, uh, Ned's uh, email address is in jones n j o n e s at c p i dot org all right so all of you who are calling now need to make your questions concise and ned you need to make your answers concise because of the time so let's go to go to georgia let's go to georgia and talk to jay hey jay good morning hey good morning i'll make this really quick uh i just tried to go to who's counting dot us on google search engine and it comes back every time and says, too many redirects, cannot get to this site. Uh, when I use DuckDuckGo, it comes up just fine. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, thank you very much. We'll have our tech guys look at that. Thank you. Okay, Jay, thanks for that heads up. Important. So those of you listening, the takeaway, go, go through DuckDuckGo uh, to, to get to that right now while, until they can fix it. Let's go to uh, Linda in Tennessee. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Sandy Brios. Uh, uh, it's a blessing to get through. I'm a rural carrier in Tennessee, and the, this last election, we have mailed, well, they've mailed out uh, numerous, numerous ballots that, number one, they're in made-up names, and their addresses that there's nothing there. And I'm, I'm curious as to what we need to do to update the roles or what we need to do because we have to by law mark them as undeliverable and send them back to the sender so i'm what can we do about that okay ned can you help her yeah you've hit on a real huge problem it's a nationwide problem not just in tennessee but we do have an organization in tennessee and i can put you in touch with them so that you can actually do something about it personally what we have to do is clean up our voter rolls for whatever reason they have never been uh, cleaned up. We think that the local officials who are supposed to be doing that work aren't doing it. And there's probably a couple of reasons that they're not trained well enough to do it, or there could be another reason that they, they just don't want to do it. Because what it creates is a whole universe of what we call phantom or potential, I'll say alleged potential phantom voters, where another individual could actually vote for those voters who are no longer at their address. And those are the undeliverables. Any election mail that arrives at an address where the voter is no longer there is an undeliverable and has to be returned by statute to the election office. Um, that's not always the case, especially with ballots 
um, there is a possibility that ballots can be diverted that are undeliverable. But it all goes back to the voter rolls. And the way it's it's um, not being fixed, we'll call it, with removing voters that shouldn't be there. Sandy mentioned dead voters earlier. That's another huge problem where, for whatever reason, these local officials aren't removing dead voters. Yep. You know, they and- just... They just yep. in Michigan, she just refused to re- remove twenty six thousand dead voters. If you can imagine, that's so. something Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton and also Jay Christian Adams is working hard on. In some areas, they've been yes, able to do yes. it. Uh, but let me, Linda, let's. Uh, Ned's email is Ned N. Jones at cpi dot org. Can you write that down and contact and, him? Is and I'll okay. get you set up with our group in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. God, thanks for calling, Linda. Thanks for doing your part on this. We're all in this together, you know. Let's go to Iowa and uh, talk to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> these people, uh, did your uh, Senator Johnson had an inquiry about or uh, hearing on uh, uh, all these people that swore under oath that they uh, uh, ha- they had to cheat on the election? Whatever happened to those people? Uh, why didn't the Democrats uh, uh, try, have them tried, or prosecutors have them tried for tri- for uh uh, lying under oath, that's a felon. If they did that, then there'd have to be discovery, and then they would have to reveal all these uh, uh, voter fraud. Is that, uh, Am I uh, getting yeah. the point well, across? Well, yeah. You know, Bill, Ned, you, you've, you've, you've hit on another one that's been very... The frustration with 2020 is that no one did anything about it. The party did nothing about it. The, uh, the, the Congress did nothing about it. The judicial system did nothing about it. State legislatures did nothing about it. We saw some blatant problems in 2020. But the people that were doing that knew they just had to run out the clock. They actually knew that none of these entities would take up the cause and try to fix it between November, I believe, 4th and January 6th, 60 days. So state legislatures did nothing. The judiciary did nothing. Congress did nothing. They continue to do nothing. The party did nothing. And that's been the frustration. That's why conservative citizens are the answer. Yep. The answer to fixing our elections are conservative citizens getting involved where we never have before. Okay, Ned, I'm going to interrupt you. What's I, going on and fixing it. Yes, yes. That's anytime, it. Yeah. Anytime. Bill, thank you. Joanna in Illinois. Joanna, quickly, if you can. Yes, we just received um, in an unsolicited voter-by-mail application um, and in it, it had a, a little note saying that they're now, that Illinois now offers a permanent vote by mail, and you apply it this way, and they will automatically send it to you every single time, and they will continue to send it to you until uh, you like change your address or um, something is changed in there. And this will be permanent. They will not, you will not have to prove anything. They'll just automatically send it to the address that you put on here. Okay. And, All right. And so, Ned, what, 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 yeah, what do you know about that? Many states have started doing that. It's the permanent absentee ballot list, they call it. And what happens is until you take yourself off, and it's very difficult to do once you sign up, you get a ballot for every single election, a mail-in ballot, and you'd never have to ask for it again. They find out people that are no longer at their address by the return mail on these permanent absentee ballot lists. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but that's something we're gonna we have to take back control, and that's what we have that's to change. That's a statute. That's a state yeah. legislature. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Where they can yeah. ban the practice. Right. Okay, Joanna. Thank you for that heads up, Debbie in Ohio. Well, mine was really similar to Joanne's. Ohio does that also. I I don't know if it's permanent, but they mail out applications 
for absentee ballots, and I just wanted to see what your guests thought about that. Well, okay, I'll, Ned. I'll, get, I'll give you a real quick answer on that. There's a third-party left-wing operation, very partisan, who does that. It mails the application partially populated to voters, okay? And when that application is undeliverable because the voter's not at the address, they don't get the mail back. They get a list of these voters. So essentially, this nonprofit left-wing operation is getting a list of all voters who are no longer at their address and why they're not there, dead, married, moved, or whatever. Um, and we think that's a huge vulnerability in our system where states allow a third party to send out the absentee ballot applications that are partially filled out. Okay, Debbie, thanks for pointing that out, too. And so we just have a minute or two left here, really, honestly, okay. Ned. So let's talk about one thing you I've heard you say, uh, that in Virginia, you guys were able to get a hold of this stuff and that, can you just say a word about how you pulled it back in Virginia? Well, the main thing in Virginia, I believe, was the citizen involvement. We actually had our task forces, as we call them, local county task forces, in the election office. It's so important because then you're finding out what's going on. And we don't talk about this as an election time of year. It's year-round that you're finding out what's going on. The second thing is the Army of Poll Watchers and Workers, where we had four, I believe the Final total was around 4,500 people that were trained and placed to do that work. And the last thing is an analysis of data, which the conservatives have never really done the, the uh, analysis of voting data as it's happening, like the Democrats have. In Virginia, we have 45 days, if you can imagine, of voting. And we analyze the data every day so that when we got to Election Day, yep. we okay. knew exactly how many ballots right. were outstanding okay. and they couldn't and that's what we're, And that's what we're trying to do nationwide. It's the Election Integrity yep. Network, and you can help. That's the deal. Go to Who's Counting, no apostrophe, whoscounting.us. You can see short videos. You can sign up to be a poll worker, which is what you need to do. You can contact Ned at njones at cpi.org if you want to join one of these particular groups about the postal workers or all the other things that we talked about, njones at cpi.org. Ned, this has been so valuable. And I thank you thank so much you, for all, all the work you're doing. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning. You got your marching orders this morning. You got details. Uh, films at 11. No, I'm kidding. But uh, thanks for listening. And I hope that you will just uh, step up to the plate. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.